thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Guys, it is so good to connect with you today. You are welcome wherever you're watching this from. You know, and as well as uh, different parts of the, the area and the country and even parts of the world, you know, we had a message uh, just now on one of our chats that someone is watching this from a hospital. Listen, if that's you, we want you to know we are praying for you right now. Some of our guys are praying for you right now. God bless you. We are so glad that you could connect with us today. And um, can I just say, uh, I don't know whether you, know, you, you, you remember back. Um, some of you isn't that long ago and some of you still are at school. But can you, those of you who have left school, can you remember what was the sport you hated the most at school? Maybe for you it was cross country. For me, it was rugby. Like, I just didn't understand rugby. Okay, I love football, but rugby is just so rough and just like tearing chunks out of each other. And to be honest, I know the kind of specimen of athleticness that you see before you. It's a little bit difficult for you to believe this, but I was a little bit of a weedy, skinny little kid as a teenager, okay? And uh, I didn't kind of like rugby. It was way too rough. In fact, I was a musician and um, I, 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 I say to myself and to others, you know, I was more of a lover than a fighter. And, and so when it came to rugby, I just didn't want to be on the pitch. Well, one day, I was about 14, 15, and uh, it was the inter-house rugby match, Blues against the greens and I was safe because no one was ever going to pick me. So I was sat on the bank watching these brutes of guys tearing lumps out of each other. And then the PE teacher said, Evans, we're one short, get changed, you're on. I completely freaked out. I went and got changed, got onto the pitch. I thought, I do not want to be here. Uh, and, then, and then on the other side was this guy, this huge guy called Nathan. And all I can do to describe Nathan was he was like an orc from Middle Earth, okay? If you've watched Lord of the Rings. And for some reason, he hated me. He had it in for me. And he said, Evans, when you get the ball, I'm going to get you. And literally, like fire was coming out of his nostrils. And, and I, so I thought to myself, okay, I need a strategy, okay? For the next 80 minutes, my strategy is this. Don't catch the ball. As long as I don't catch the ball, everything will be okay. Well, the game was going on and it was getting to about 76, 77 minutes and the score was tied and I was doing great because I kept away from the ball. And then this happened. I caught the ball. You like that, don't you? I caught the ball and all of a sudden everyone's looking at me and I'm like, what do I do with the ball now? And Nathan's saying, I'm gonna kill you. And so I thought, okay, here's my options. I can stick it at my jumper, pretend it doesn't exist. I can get rid of it. Or the third option, and this is the one that I did, and this is a true story, I ran with the ball. And as I'm running with the ball, I'm just running straight in front of me, and Nathan's grabbing behind me, and his talons are, you know, scratching at my back, and there's fire coming out of his nose, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you. I ran so fast that I ran, not only past and through everybody, but I ran to the touchline. But here's the thing, I just kept running. I just kept running past the touchline and the PE teacher said, Evans, touch the ball down and I touched the ball down and we won the match. And you might think that's not a true story. It is actually a true story. And here's the reason why I'm telling the story. Doubt is a lot like that. Some, you, you just don't expect it, but all of a sudden you catch the ball of doubt and you don't know what to do with doubt. And uh, you don't know whether to hide it. You don't know whether to pretend it doesn't exist. You don't know whether to get rid of it. But I'll tell you what you do with it. Guys, you run with it. You run with it. That's exactly what you do when it comes to doubt. You see, when it comes to life, everybody carries doubt. Everybody carries a little bit of uncertainty. When it comes to faith, 
everybody carries doubts as well. You know, even atheists doubt. C.S. Lewis, one of the most famous um, writers uh, in English literature, Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe, all of that stuff. Um, he actually was an atheist who became a follower of Jesus. And he wrote this, now that I'm a Christian, I do have moods in which the whole thing looks very improbable. But when I was an atheist, I had moods in which Christianity looked terribly probable. You see, if you're not a Christian, maybe you doubt the existence of God today. If you are a Christian, maybe you doubt the goodness of God. Maybe you think, I can't believe because I've got doubts. Or maybe you say, I can't trust because I have doubts. But here's the thing, life always works like this. Life is full of doubts and uncertainty. I mean, I mean, take relationship, for instance. I mean, there's always an element of doubt and uncertainty in relationships. Um, I remember a film years ago uh, called The Stepford Wives. And The Stepford Wives was this amazing film where all the wives were robots. And you didn't know that until later on. And here's the thing. They were robots and so they were predictable. And this was in an era when the men went out to work and they came back. And this is what happened, guys, okay? The men came back from work and their wives were always immaculate. Their kids were always perfectly well behaved. The house was spotless. Their meals were prepared, ready on the table every single day. Their wife did whatever they wished. I mean, so routine, so predictable. Who would want a wife like that? Yeah, me. Yeah, and some of you are admitting that as well. I can see you even through the camera. Some of you are. No, we wouldn't. That's so boring. And you know, that's just, that's, you would not have no faith, no need of faith if life was that routine. Let me give you another illustration. When I do this in the room, it's better. But I want you to imagine that I've got a 10 pound note in my hand. And if I hold my hand up, say, who's got the faith to believe I've got a 10 pound note? And then often people put their hands up. Then I say this, I'm gonna destroy your faith right now. Because I'm going to open my hand and I'm going to show you that I do have a 10 pound note. You see, you don't need faith when you've got that full knowledge. Then what I do in the room is I give the 10 pound note, but you're not in the room, you're on a screen. So I'll put it back in my pocket. And you see, that's the thing. You see, when we have full knowledge, we don't have any need of faith. And there will be a day, guys, when we have that. But right now we need faith. And with faith also comes some doubt. So I want to say a few words about doubt to you today. Whether you are a follower of Jesus and you have some doubts and you've caught that ball of doubt, or whether you're not yet a Christian and you think, I can't be a Christian because I have doubts. Well, I want to put this on its head for you today. And I want to say a few things. Number one, doubt is not the opposite of faith. Doubt and faith are not two opposites. You see, the opposite of doubt, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is unbelief. And here's some of the reasons why many people doubt uh, in God uh, uh, and they doubt the existence of God. One of the reasons um, is evidence and proof. They're looking for that evidence, but I wonder what kind of evidence and proof would be enough to convince you of the existence of God. A guy called Pascal was a, a famous scientist who, who also became a Christian. And he wrote this, there is enough light for those who want to see and enough darkness for those of a different persuasion. Again, if you took all the uncertainty out, you wouldn't have any need of faith. One of the other reasons why we have doubts is because of big questions like suffering and pain and COVID-19. I mean, why are we in lockdown? Why is this disease taking so many people? Why is this so difficult? Why is the pain? God, what are you doing? And we're gonna look at these questions next week and the week after. But you know, many of us have that sense that actually I've got doubts because I've got big questions. Many people have doubts about God because of Christians. 
Yep, they really do. They've met some Christians and had some bad experiences. Listen, I've had some bad experiences in restaurants, but when lockdown is over, I'm gonna go to some restaurants and I'm sure that you are as well. In fact, why don't you engage again in the chat When lockdown is over, what is the restaurant that you're looking forward to going to the most? Why don't you write that down right now and just just chat around that. And I know that's going to frustrate some of you because it's going to say, but I can't go. But why don't you just just say, and listen, if you're thinking, well, I want to go to the place with the golden arches, that is a restaurant, technically, all right? Technically, it is. But you know, here's the thing. I've had bad experiences in restaurants. It doesn't stop me going to restaurants. If you've had bad experiences with Christians, don't be put off Jesus. Just keep searching. Just keep running with the ball. But you know, the real reason that people have doubts, it's not the big issues, the big questions. I think that often the real reason is their own circumstances in their life. You see, I got pain. Someone let me down. They died. I lost the job. This happened, that happened. God, how could you let this happen? God, why don't you do it? That's the reason that we've got so many doubts. A guy called Henry Drummond put it this way, and this is such a great quote. And he said this, Jesus never failed to distinguish between doubt and unbelief. Doubt is can't believe. Unbelief is won't believe. Doubt is honesty. Unbelief is obstinacy. Doubt is looking for light. Unbelief is content with darkness. You know, when you're hungry for God, any question is right. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. And um, we're gonna look at a guy who made doubting world famous. Uh, In John chapter 20, verse 24 to 25, it says this. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Let me give you a bit of background. So so Thomas is um, a follower of Jesus and he's with Jesus for three years, sees him do amazing miracles, hears amazing teaching. And then he sees Jesus died um, on the cross, crucified and put in a tomb, buried, dead, finished. Then Jesus rose again three days later and appeared to his disciples, but Thomas wasn't there. And so when they told him, he just couldn't get his head around it. And here's what it says. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord, we've seen Jesus. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You know, Thomas gets a bad press, but I love Thomas. I love his honesty. I love his authenticity. I love his vulnerability. He wants to believe, but he just can't because he wasn't there. And his name Didymus literally means twin or two. And you see, belief is to be in one mind accepting. Unbelief is to be in one mind rejecting. Doubt is to be in two minds. And you can be a Christian. You can be a follower of Jesus and still have doubts. You're looking at one. And I love this quote from Frederick Buechner. And it says this, doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep faith moving. Doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep faith moving. Number two, Doubt is not unforgivable. Another character who had doubts in the New Testament is John, John the Baptist. And you pick up his story in Matthew 11, verse one to three. But again, let me give you a bit of background. You see, John was a cousin of Jesus and John appeared uh, on the scene preaching about the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the kingdom of God and um, baptizing people into faith. And, and he had a whole bunch of disciples. And then one day as he was baptizing people in the line waiting to be baptized was Jesus. 
and he saw Jesus and then he said, hey, well, you've been looking at me, but guys, you all need to look at him. You know, I'm going to decrease and he must increase. I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. That's what John said. And so he stepped aside and let Jesus and his disciples take center stage. But then this incredible guy ends up in prison. And this is what it says in Matthew 11. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? You see, what's happened to John is he's picked up a ball of doubt and he's saying, Jesus, have I backed the wrong horse? You know, I, I, I went out on a limb for you. You know, I went out into the desert for you and I, and I did so much for you and here I am and I'm in prison and I don't know what to do now with this ball of doubt that I've got. And so I'm asking you a question. Are you the one or, or, or have I got it all wrong? And maybe you're asking that question today. Maybe in lockdown, in the middle of coronavirus crisis, maybe in your own life situation, you're saying, can I really trust in God? Look at my situation right now. Did I get it wrong? Here's the amazing thing. In verse 11 of this story, it says, Jesus then heard that doubt. He heard John say that through his disciples. And then he said, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. You see, guys, here's the truth. Jesus doesn't throw you out if you doubt. Jesus doesn't throw you out if you doubt. You can be a follower of Jesus and have some doubt as long as you keep running with the ball. But here's the thing with doubt. When you hold on to doubt so long and you don't run with it, then what happens is that you lose the ability to trust you lose the ability to trust God. You lose the ability to trust other people. And here's the third point that I want to share with you guys today. You see, doubt has the power to take you out. It's not the opposite of faith. Again, it's not that thing to be ashamed of, but it has the power to take you out. You see, there are stages to doubt. Uh, stage one, I, I call the skeptic. This is like Thomas. This is someone that wants to believe but just can't. Um, he just is just not sure. And, and, and when you stay as a skeptic too long, you can end up going into the second stage. And stage two is the cynic. Now, here's the person who's not looking for answers. Okay, They've actually offered conclusions and they're nearly always negative. You see, here's the thing. If you, if you hug a skeptic, then they're likely to ask, do you really mean that? But if you hug a cynic, they're likely to check for their wallet. Okay, And the cynics are often wounded idealists and, and their whole view of the world and people and God is kind of warped by that cynical view. But it gets even worse because stage three is the rebel. And when you get to that stage, you're someone who doesn't want to believe. You don't care about the evidence. You just reject it. You've just totally rejected God. So a doubt is you're a skeptic. But if you hold on too long and you don't run with your doubts, then something bad can happen. And doubt has the power to take you out. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, and listen, I get it. Okay, I've had loads of questions, loads of struggles, loads of doubts in this last six or seven weeks. And when I start thinking about the future and I start thinking about life and my family and the church and, and the, all of that, I have loads of doubts as well and questions. But if I stay as a skeptic too long, then I can end up being a cynic and I could end up being a rebel. So what do you do with your doubts? What do you do when you have those doubts? How do we handle the doubts we have? Let me give you some ideas. Number one, don't be afraid of them. 
Don't be afraid of them. God isn't. God is bigger than our doubts. Do you think that your doubt and your question is going to be a new one for God? Now, that's not to dismiss it, okay? But don't think that he hasn't heard it before because he has heard it before. He's heard them all. And he's big enough, okay, to say, hey, it's okay. Don't be afraid of your doubts. Secondly, take them to God. Take them to God. Don't hold on to them. Take, that's what it means. To run with the ball means I'm running towards God, not away from Him. So I've got doubts and I've got questions, but I'm running towards Him, not away from Him. And then number three, and this is so important, hang around and wait. This is why I love Thomas. You see, Thomas wasn't there when Jesus appeared, but Thomas hung around and he was there a week later when Jesus came back again. And I wanna say to you, if you are not yet a Christian, and you've got some doubts and questions, one of the best ways you can hang around and wait to encounter Jesus is Alpha. When you sign up for Alpha online, and you can do that right now. In fact, the guys who are pastoring and working on the different platforms, they're gonna post something, or you can find it in the description on YouTube or Facebook. You can go to our website, you can sign up for Alpha Online. You can join about 10 or 12 other people who've already signed up. It was only week one last week. Week two is Monday. You can just dive in. It's an hour, you watch a little video, and then you can ask any question you want. And you see, this is what Thomas did. He hung around and asked questions. He said, I don't really believe, I want to believe, but I don't, I've got some questions. That's a brilliant thing to do. I really wanna encourage you to do that. But if you are a Christian and you've got questions, hang around, dig into God. You know, don't just, go, don't go from being a skeptic to being a cynic to being a rebel because doubt can take you out. Do something with the doubt that you've got and God will prove that he's bigger than our doubts. God will prove that he's bigger than our doubts. Let's look at it. You see, what John needed, remember John in prison? What John needed, Jesus gave him. He just needed to hear from Jesus again. It says in Matthew 11, verse four to five, Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the gospel. And I can imagine John in prison saying, oh, okay, I get it. My life sucks, but it's okay because there's a bigger picture. And actually, I can imagine a little smile coming on John's face. He says, okay, I get it now. I get it now. Jesus, that's all I needed to hear, that you're still in control and that you are bigger than my doubts. And what did Thomas need? Well, what Thomas needed, Jesus gave him. He needed to see Jesus for himself. John 20, verse 26 to 29. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Listen to this. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. You see, lockdown couldn't keep him down. And he appeared in the room and he said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, and this is amazing because he didn't say this to Peter or James or John or Andrew or Nathaniel or anyone else. He said it to Thomas because this is what Thomas needed. He said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Guys, maybe you're doubting right now. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you have doubts and you have questions. Maybe you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you have doubts and you have questions. Hey, it's okay. God is bigger than our doubts. 
I want to show you and I want you to listen and watch the story of someone's journey with doubt. This is a guy that if you've seen any of our stuff on or you're watching a lot of our graphics and media and social media is created by this guy. He's on our staff team now. His name is Russ. Many of you will know Russ. A few years ago, Russ went on his own journey of doubt that caused him to lose his faith and then come back again. And I want, you to, I want him to tell you his story. Now, this was filmed a few years ago. And when he mentions coming to Zion Christian Center, that's Life Central Church previously, okay? We changed our name. Take a look, take a listen. You'll identify with this and hear and feel and sense the power that there is when we run with our doubts. Here's Russ's story. Hi, I'm Russ. Um, I became a Christian in late 1989, just as I was finishing my uni degree. Um, I was invited to church uh, by a friend of mine at uni, um, and I ended up uh, meeting my wife at the church I went to in Netherton, uh, and we got married in 92. Uh, and then, cut a long story short, we ended up at Zion Christian Centre. My church experience was uh, a very busy one. Um, we were both able to serve um, in, the, in the worship team, because we're both musicians. Uh, we eventually took on the youth work, um, and everything was going very, very well. Um, during uh, probably my last summer leading the youth, um, I started to have some serious doubts about my beliefs. I remember the one day coming to a head after a Sunday, and I remember mentioning to Leon, saying, uh, can I have a word with you for a moment? I really don't think I believe anymore. Uh, I'm really struggling with my faith. Um, and you know, that was the first time I'd owned up to it. I think part of the problem was that I was, um, I was pressing, pressing the problem down. I stopped coming to church. Um, I felt like a lot of things had mounted up pressure on my life from a lot of different angles. Things that happened with my job, um, mine and Jane's relationship where I was, was rocky at the time as well. Um, and the pressure I felt with my doubts consuming me was very, very tangible and pretty much destroyed me. I had uh, what I'd probably call a nervous breakdown. Um, I got very, very depressed. Certain people kept in touch with me the whole time, which I'm very, very thankful for. Uh, but all I used to talk to them about was my doubts and started picking away at the very thing I'd believed for 20 years before, uh, I felt like I'd taken some sort of religious glasses off. I remember labelling myself on my Tumblr blog as a recovering ex-Christian. But there's one thing that I tried to do, and I used to say to myself for the whole experience, that I was being honest with myself at any given point. But that being honest with myself actually turned on its head after a few years. Um, because I, I started to realise that um, I was missing something very important. I kept coming to the Christmas events at church uh, and I always remember leaving those events feeling like I'd experienced something but then it's slipping away again. I remember going out for a walk the one night um, and something I never do particularly is put my earphones on, I listen to a podcast Leon spoke from a passage from Mark 4 where it talks about um, Jesus and the disciples getting into a boat and travelling across a lake to another region. Uh, and a storm came up on the lake 
and the disciples feared for their lives. Um, but Jesus was asleep in the corner of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples had to wake Jesus up in order for him to calm the storm. And, and Jesus said to the disciples, where's your faith? You have no faith. My whole life had been based on fear for at least the 12 months before that. And I remember listening to that podcast thinking, God is speaking directly to me. Um, but I'm not even sure I believe in God, so I don't, I don't know what's happening. Um, I'd owned up to my doubts, and now I've got to own up to believing again. Throughout all my doubts, and my whole breakdown, and my depression, and then coming out the other side of that, how God had been asleep in this boat, and he'd never left me. I remember telling Leon this, I mean, being amazed by what that had meant. Um, and so I drove home that night and I remember praying in the car for the first time in years and saying to God, how does a person wake God up? It's like, how do you do that? And it's like God said to me, just the slightest inclination that you showed me, the slightest turn, of your heart back towards me, that was enough. Losing my faith was like a bereavement, um, but finding it again was something else. I likened it to being completely lost and not recognizing anything around you, and then suddenly stumbling across your own front door. And because you recognise that, you know you have. It's been almost a year now since I've been coming back to church and everything seems very new and exciting again. Uh, it's great to be back. Um, I've been slowly getting myself involved in volunteering again. Um, I'm really enjoying being involved in the worship team. I feel like I really have come home. People have said to me, you know, it's great to see you back, Russ. And I can honestly say with all my heart, yes, it is good to be back. Um, I'm really enjoying it because my relationship with God just seems so different. I love that so much. So powerful, someone's story. And it can be your story as well. In a few minutes, I'm going to give you whoever you are, opportunity to respond, just to take what Russ said, that slightest inclination of your heart towards God. And he can meet you. Whether you need to hear from him, whether you need to see him, whether you need to experience him, he can do that. Here's the final thing that I want to say about doubt. Doubt can actually cause your faith to become stronger. Doubt can make your faith stronger. You know, we're all praying, aren't we, right now for a, a vaccine for COVID-19. You know, that, that would be amazing and we're praying for that, aren't we? You see, what a vaccine does, it gives you that immunization. It gives you like a dose of the disease that create antibodies that make you fight the actual disease. And so that's how doubt, actually, when we run with it like a ball, when, 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 we, when we don't hide it or try and get rid of it, when we run with it, when we move towards God, then it creates those antibodies that actually make our faith stronger. I want to read this quote to you. I think this is just so good. And it's by a, guy, a lady called Madeline Lengel. And she says this, those who believe, they believe in God, 
But without passion in the heart, without anguish of mind, without uncertainty, without doubt, and even at times without despair. Believe only in the idea of God and not in God himself. So why do I believe in God? I believe in God because of what I see and experience, like creation and babies' fingers, newborn babies' fingers, and changed lives and double chocolate cheesecake and, and, and you know, incredible stuff. And, and, and that's why I believe in God, but I believe in God because of who I've met. When I've met people who live in huts in the middle of Africa who have a faith that is incredible. Or, or, or I'm at the bedside of people in hospital who are about to die and I see their faith and their trust in Jesus as they're about to slip from this life to the next. Or Ilona, my friend from Albania that I spoke to just a, a day or two ago, who 10 years ago, her husband was brutally murdered outside his, 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 the church that he was pastoring, leaving her a widow and their two little kids um, without their daddy. And how she was able to forgive the people and still to this day praise for the person that killed her husband because they were all caught up in the blood feud. And I look at that and I say, how can you say there's no God? How can you say there's no God? And I believe in God because of what I've read and what I've studied. There's so much evidence that it just can't be a myth, a fairy tale or a legend. When you look at the evidence, sometimes people say, you know, it takes more faith not to believe than to believe. But ultimately, I believe in God because of who I've met Jesus Christ, his life, his love, his grace, his mercy, his teaching. And that's why I believe in God. Do I have any doubts or questions? Absolutely. Not in the existence of God, but I have doubts and questions. But you know what I do? I grab hold of them. I don't try and hide them. I don't try and get rid of them. I run with them and I run towards God. And I can do that because God is bigger than my doubts and God is bigger than our doubts doubts. And so what I want to do before we sing together is I want to give you guys at home an opportunity to respond to Jesus today, to take that slightest little inclination of your heart. And when I'm asking you to respond, I'm not saying, hey, all your questions are answered, all your doubts are gone, then respond. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to take a step towards Jesus today with your doubts and with your questions. You know, Russ said in, in, that, in, that, in his story, losing my faith was like bereavement. Finding it again was like coming home. It was like I was lost and then I stumbled across my own front door and came home. Guys, you can come home today. And so if you are not yet a follower of Jesus and you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe you're someone that you used to believe, but now maybe doubt has caused you to turn away from God, you can come home today. And I'm going to pray for you right now. And on the platforms that you're engaging with, there'll be an opportunity for you to respond. If you're on church online, a little hand will come up. And if that's you and you want to say, I want to respond to Jesus. I want to give my life to Him. I want to come back to Him. I want to say yes to Him. I want to take that, that inclination of my heart to move towards Him. I want to run to Him, even with my doubts. Then you just click on that hand right now as I pray. If you're on one of the other platforms, there'll be an opportunity for you to respond to Him as I pray. So let me pray for you and I wanna give you an invitation right now to, to respond to Him and to give your life to Him or to come back to Him and say, Jesus, I have doubts and questions, but I wanna put my trust in You today. And you can know that experience of coming home. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I wanna pray for every single person 
that's watching on any device that they're watching on, whether it's live now or on demand later. And God, may in this moment, they know that You love them and that You are here with them by Your Spirit. You are not in lockdown. You appeared to Thomas in his locked room and You gave him exactly what he needed. You appeared to John when he was locked up in a prison cell and You gave him what he needed. God, You can come to every single one of us. And now I pray, Jesus, that there will be people who will run towards You this morning with their ball of doubt running to You because You are the only one who can deal with that doubt and make our faith stronger. So Jesus, we give ourselves to You again. In Jesus' Name, Amen. You know, if you made any decisions there or even now as we continue and you wanna respond, we'd love to engage with you. Ask one of the pastors to pray with you and for you. They'll do that online. Go to the Next Steps card and, uh, uh, on, on our website and, 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 and say, hey, I wanna talk to someone. Someone would love to phone you and engage with you and help you on your journey. And as we finish now, we're gonna, we're gonna sing a song that we have to sing. We just have to sing this song, okay? And we're gonna finish this song to lift our hearts up because this song talks about fear and doubts. And it says this, so I throw all my cares before you. My doubts and fears don't scare you. You're bigger than I thought you are. And, and then it also says, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, here's that tension that we carry. And then in the bridge, it says this, I will rest in the Father's hands. Leave the rest in the Father's hands. Do I have questions? Absolutely. Am I still running after God? Absolutely. You see, if you doubt, He won't throw you out because He is bigger than our doubts. So let's sing this amazing song together. Bigger than I thought you were. <laughs>